0: And I got very quiet. The monitor behind him showed he had 78% oxygen. It took 30 seconds to go from 78% oxygen to 98%. The doctors came running down the hall. I know they thought that I had given him something. I was still in my same position. And they said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm doing energy work.
1: Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast wellness spot, where we focus on health and wellness and how you can reclaim your health and life today. You're in the right place if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, and you've been helping so many others, it's time to help yourself. In a time when health and wellness can be so confusing, I'll share my knowledge as a nurse and 20 years in wellness and help you navigate through. You will hear stories of people who have used the Shackley products, including me, as they have truly been a game changer for health. And I'm here to tell you that it's never too late to pay attention to your health and how making a smart plan with natural choices can help you live your best life today. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am your host, Moira Gorski. So glad to be here and so glad that you are coming back to listen. Today I have a wonderful guest, uh, Lucy Forsting, who uh, I met along the way, my journey of life, as I say, uh, as I meet others through networking and just seeing what she does and wanting to connect with her because she had in uh, some of the things that I saw, you know, living your best life you know, looking at all of the multifacets of our life. And uh, just those two things I said, I want to connect with Lucy. So she is a mostly retired psychotherapist who really likes to talk about how, again, multifaceted we are, um, how multifaceted our lives are, and really how we can just... um, take a look at that and uh, learn some things from that and again, live our best life. So I'm excited for our conversation today. Uh, Lucy, thanks for being with me.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. I'm thrilled
1: to be here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for for the connection. Let's start with how you got interested in doing. I mean, you were a psychotherapist and you continue to want to help other people. But how did that, how did that interest in, in that get started for you?
0: You mean for podcasting?
1: Well, yeah. For as you were kind of thinking about retiring, and then you wanted to start podcasting and enter that arena, um, mm-hmm. I know why I I did that. But yeah, how did that? How did you get started being interested to share in that venue?
0: Well, actually, while I was living in Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, go Packers! Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so while I well. was living, <laughs> while I was living there, um, a gentleman uh, that had an actual brick and mortar large radio station called WGEE at the time. I don't even think it's there anymore because a lot of the brick and mortars went away, but it was in downtown Green Bay. And he asked if I would like to have my own radio show where people could call in with questions. And so I did that for about two and a half years. And that was where they literally had a uh, person that counted down. So, you know, five, four, three, two, one, you're on. And for an hour, we would take phone calls about whatever was going on locally or maybe even in the world, certainly nationally. And, and if something like that was available today, I, you know what would people would be talking about is the Boulder shooting and the Atlanta shooting and, and where we've gone wrong as a human race uh, at this particular time. So, um, It started there, and then when I came to Florida, because I've been down here almost 20 years, I came down pre-retirement because I wanted to make sure that Florida was where I wanted to be. And I'm still not exactly in the place that I wanna be um, because it's so crowded here in the Clearwater area. Um, But um, at any rate, I, through networking, met a man who also had a live radio station. And he and I spoke for about two hours, probably three years ago now. And he said, I would love to have you do a live show for me. And I hadn't done live radio for quite a while at that point. And so I was a little bit anxious. And he said, you'll do a great job. He said, you've got so much information in your head that you could do a show for probably 10 or 20 years and never have the same material. So I did start the show, but I I did it initially just by myself. So the first maybe six or seven shows um, were just me talking about different things. And then I thought, boy, that is going to be tremendously boring in just a short (laughs) period of time to just hear me. And so I have a lot of fascinating professional friends, and I started asking them if they would like to be a part of the show. And... You know, it evolved from there. So of those individuals that were in the core group, I probably still have, I'm going to say 10 that were in that original group, and it has grown from there. So now when I'm working on the shows, I'm I'm starting two shows. I'm going to have a Tuesday and a Thursday show at uh, 11 o'clock, but um, uh, I'm booked out until almost August with guests. And so, you know, people enjoy doing the show. Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. Um, It's fun. But the whole purpose, and I'm seeing this with my guest as well as myself, the whole purpose behind the show is to help people truly live their best life. And as a psychotherapist, and I know you've experienced this yourself, you'll have somebody who says, you know, I'm just not happy, but I don't know why. Or I I don't have any energy, or I just feel kind of funky all of the time. And when you start digging, you realize that we have four basic legs. And I talk about this um, as part of the Synergy Connection radio show. But we have an intellectual leg that we feed. We have a spiritual leg that we feed. And I don't mean organized religion, but I do mean spirituality, we have an emotional leg we feed and we have a physical leg we feed. And from a physical point of view, if you're not eating properly, if you're not taking care of your body, you're not gonna have the energy to do any of the other three. If you do just the spiritual and maybe the emotional, and you don't take care of the physical and the intellectual, that's gonna be wobbly. So I just tell people that we want to be feeding all four legs. All the time, we want to make sure we're in balance. And some days are going to be more intellectual, and wow, this is what I learned, and this was so exciting, and you want to share. And other times, it's going to be maybe more um, from a spiritual. Maybe you did some, you know, mindfulness exercises, or you did some meditation or you listen to somebody like Greg Braden or Dr. Bruce Lipton and you learned from them something that you had no idea about that is on that spiritual vein. So that's what made me want to do this is I realized that at any time in our life, it can be when we're 20 and it can be when we're you know 90 but at any time in our life we still have the capability of learning and getting those aha moments and then making that part of that mindful living that does make your best life Mm -hmm. so why not have it you know Right. right yeah
1: absolutely i love that and um i i was just thinking today As you were saying that, like today I had um, a haircut appointment and I've been going to the same gal for the last, um, I mean, over 10 years I've been with her. And so we're just dear friends. And I was thinking, you know, that I think what's wonderful about just again, identifying those four legs that we have, I think that when we, at least for me, certain friends of mine, you know, are ones that I can talk about the spiritual things with. There's mm-hmm. some people, you know, some friends, we talk about all the intellectual things and some we go for a walk or we go and work out. So um, I think it's really, it just, I, it just made me think that it's great to be kind of well-rounded with your friends, the people that you know too. At least I find that exciting to be able to have not this all the same kind of friends, which you just talk about the intellectual things, but Uh, I talk about a couple of friends of mine, girlfriends that we've traveled together to a couple of places out of town. And we talk about emotional and spiritual stuff. I mean, we go deep and it's just so wonderful because it really fills that those two legs for me, the time Mm -hmm. that I spend with them.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, One of my guests, um, his name is Doug Warner, and it's so interesting because he actually worked Uh, in the intelligence area of the army, when he first got out of school, he had 12 different identities. Mm. And so he would wake up and kind of go like, who am I supposed to be today? (laughs) Right. And um, so he's no longer doing that. He is now a um, licensed massage therapist, talk about 180. Um, He also teaches yoga. And he also teaches he's what's called a labyrinth facilitator. Mm. So he he works with people in understanding the labyrinth and how that you know, works for you. But he and I have just finished a three-part uh, series on developing your never-ending love story because in relationships, you can do this. You know, a lot of times when people first get married, they can't wait to share everything. And so that becomes, you know, the emotional foundation, the intellectual, the spiritual, you know, the physical. It, it, they, that They can't wait to be together to talk about one of those areas. But typically, and this is from my psychotherapy days, but I find this to be true. uh, Typically, what will happen is you'll end up with one or two legs kind of working for you, but the other two go away. And so you have to find somebody else to fill that leg instead of your partner in life. And so you can certainly go and do wonderful things with other people. But when you bring that back and then share it with your partner because they're interested or they're sharing with you because you're interested, you keep the balance in your personal relationship as well. So um, it's going to be a part one, two, and three of finding your never ending or developing your never ending love story. And I'm hoping a lot of people will get something out of that because Doug and I had a really good time doing it, but it's, it's so profound. Um, I can't tell you the number of marital counseling sessions individually where the male or the female, you know, would say, is it worth it? You know, maybe it's time to just get a divorce and move on. And it's just because they quit balancing the legs.
1: Well, and I, I could completely get that, especially with a relationship because um, my husband and I have been married for 26, 26 years here. And, Uh, We've had our ups and downs and even recently we were having some discussions and we've been in some counseling recently. And, um, you know, sometimes my frustration is that when I, you know, look at these legs, sometimes I want all of that from my husband. Mm -hmm. And I've realized that I, I really can't, like, at least with mine. He doesn't, you know, even though he's, you know, we can talk about emotional things and spiritual things. He's starting to go into that realm of energy medicine and Reiki, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, Uh but it's just not the same. I don't have the same conversations with him about that as I do with my girlfriends. And so letting go of that idea that I can get everything from him. Right. And sometimes though, on the other hand, he'll say, you know, I think you tell you talk to your girlfriends about all these things and you know maybe you shouldn't talk to them about all it's like well, you know what? It's important to me. And so I'm not, you know, I'm not sharing all of the dark secrets and all that. I said you can trust me enough that you know, I but but there's something again, to be said for those connections that I have with my girlfriends and the things that we really talk about in regards to spirituality, um, while we're getting our physical walk in that mm-hmm. really feeds me and feel it feeds that leg. And, and again, for me, it's how over the years I've needed to understand that, if that makes sense, that, because I think I'm, you know, as I got married, I thought, like you said, they're all like, they're all being filled in the beginning. Cause we're these newly married, newly in love couple and then things get in the way. And um, um, and so, again, I think not everything's going to come from him, or it's going to be a little bit different feeding of those legs, if you will. Um, and because I told my husband, I said, but I'm going to see these women because they're such good friends, and we just have such a wonderful connection. And it's very important to me. And right. So,
0: uh, right. And I think guys have that same kind of connection with their counterparts as well. Um, you know, one of the things that typically would come out is that men, and now women uh, are experiencing this probably just as much, but job stress. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you've got a lot of stress at work, you know, we've been told over the years, leave it at work. Well, it's very difficult to do that. You know, you drive home, if you're driving any distance, like, you know, around here, if you get on um, the highways, you know you're you're going to be out there for a good hour. So you've got stress on the highway, you've got stress from work. You pull into your driveway, and you know that you don't want to dump, you know, basically on your partner. And so all of that is bottled up inside. So you know, for some individuals, it might be go, you know, work in the yard or go work out for a while or go take that walk. But um, I think there has to be a safety net knowing that that person is your port in the storm and that they will listen and that you will do the same for them. It doesn't mean you have to solve the problem, but it means that you have two ears to listen with. And I always say, you know, God gave us two ears so that we would listen twice as much as we talk. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. And I think, again, that's uh,
1: it's that um, it's that listening, you know, the listening piece, like you said, as opposed to trying to have all the answers and I I know that sometimes I've just had that I've said that to my husband or to my friends like I'm just I just need to call and kind of empty my bucket (laughs) (laughs) you know and so you could listen and I don't really want any you can give me maybe your perspective later but I just gotta dump it out so that I can you know um, just get that off of my mind
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, which I think we have someplace
0: to go with it otherwise it stays inside and as you well know you know from a health you know position, it'll do damage. I mean, chronic stress is a main killer for cardiovascular disease and cancer. and so we need to do something with it for sure. right
1: right. Well, yes, and I definitely had have had that. I've seen firsthand that impact of stress in the last six years with you know, a daughter with mental health um, disorder. it causes it can cause so much damage to adrenals oh, and absolutely. you know I had to get real about how to really support myself during, cause you know, we can't always get the stress to go away. Um, no, no. It, but it, yeah, as yeah. much as we'd like to, but, but yeah, we were talking before about, again, those thoughts, those thoughts that come up and that we think about and how those thoughts too can, I mean, they can lead to chronic stress, but it can, the thoughts too can sabotage us, which I think yes. um, some people, I don't know. It's, it's just, I think it's good to have a discussion about that because um, I think what I know is that we can get stuck in those thoughts or those, those same type of thoughts or the negative thoughts or the positive thoughts, or this isn't going to work thoughts or things like that. And it can really hinder how we do live our best life, move forward with our life, find Mm -hmm. partners, be happy, those type of things.
0: Sure. Um, Again, one of the things I I worked in the schools, part of my psychotherapy days, and uh, of course, you know, little guys I adore, but, um, you know, it starts even before they get to preschool, you know, depending upon who they're around. And Dr. Lipton pointed out something that I found very fascinating, and that is the last trimester of a pregnancy, those three months, until you're about seven years old we are on a perpetual intake of information. And so that is going to be our world. You know, whatever the people are around us, whether they're teachers or friends or, you know, parents or grandparents, whoever it might be, their fears, their um, belief systems are going to be our foundation. And then we may spend the rest of our life getting out of those loops, you know, because there's going to be a point in our life where we go, you know what, I'm not sure I really do believe that. And it might be from a religious perspective. It might be from a health perspective. It might be from, you know, something that's a core value that we thought was really important. And now that we're in our 30s or 40s, you know, we step back and we go, you know, I don't think that's something I believe anymore. And so, you know, it's, it's all part of growing up and growing in and becoming introspective and checking in with our heart because we have 40,000 cells in our heart that actually control our bodies. And we think of the brain as being the uh, primary engine. It isn't at all. And when you marry the heart neurons with the brain neurons, then you get collaboration. Then, you know, you can heal anything in your body if you do that. But most of the time we stay in our head. So we intellectualize everything and we don't even check in with our heart to see if it's, you know, intuitively, does that sound accurate? Eh, Probably not, but we're not checking in. You know, we're looking to see, who said it on, you know, CNN? Who said it on Fox News? Who said it on ABC or CBS or, you know, some other guru out there rather than checking in personally with ourselves? Right.
1: Yep. I I know that to be true myself. And um,
0: <laughs> and I think, you know,
1: sometimes it, it, it merely happens as we get busy with life and we just are, I know, again, being a mom of four kids and running a business and being busy, you know, sometimes we're just, checking things off our list Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: um, don't take that time to check in. Like, wait a minute, just feeling that, you know, the feeling the intuition or feeling like, how does, like you said, how does it feel? Um, Does that really make sense? And is that really something that's important to me? Again, I've learned myself to just try to slow down a little bit to take the time to listen to your heart as opposed to, you know, listening to all those thoughts in your head.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, and you are, you know, speaking of those thoughts and connections and heart centered and you do some work with Reiki, uh-huh. um, which I have learned so much more about the last few years and even more so lately because my husband has done some training on it and he's actually just really becoming passionate about helping other people in the form of energy healing and whatnot with Reiki. Um but I think a lot of people don't really understand it, and I know coming from that conservative upbringing, religion, kind of doing things a certain way, and being having those thoughts in my head, it really was even difficult for me to really wrap my hands around. Like, really, like how, we're all energy, and we can feel what someone, you know. It's just it took me quite a bit to, you know, understand it the way that I do. Um, so I'd love to talk about that or even share your, you know, share a little bit about really what Reiki is all about and why, you know, how it can help us that, that power of Reiki, that power of connection through our energy. And, you know, just talk a little bit about that.
0: Um, well, I'm going to take you back to about 22 years ago when I was introduced to it. I was quite well known in the green Bay area and a friend of mine um, suggested that I attend a weekend training with a person who had been trained in Japan. And the method, uh, there are several different methods, but this one is called USUI, uh, U-S-U-I. And so um, coming from my intellectual base at that moment in time, I was very, uh, I guess, Suspicious, maybe would be the, the word I thought, you know, okay, you know, I'll do this because you're a good friend. And she was looking for people to fill up, you know, her program. And so I went on Friday evening. And um, again, you know, it was just like tongue in cheek, you know, yeah, yeah, this sounds really interesting, but I was not uh, buying it at the moment. And the next day was an all day session. And I do highly, highly recommend that you uh, take these kind of programs as weekend, you know, not a couple of hours and then go home. You really need to be immersed in this kind of training. So on the next day, uh, there were probably about four or five different tables that we would get on and have energy work done, you know, throughout the day on us by people who had a little bit of knowledge and no knowledge, you know, to show them how it worked. And of course I had no knowledge and the lady that was um, on the table and I was supposed to work on her, uh, quite often if you do, you know, this type of energy work, you will start at the head. and, And I always do when I'm working on somebody. But this was so bizarre because she, I had her head literally in my hands and all of a sudden I had flashes of moments of what had happened to her. And I looked at her and I said, oh my goodness. And I said, you were in a really bad accident. And she said, yes. And I said, I see that your head was thrown against the side window. And she said, yes. And I said, it was very cold. It was slippery outside and your car you know, went out of control. And the lady who was from Japan stopped me. And she said, you are gifted. She said, this is something that you should do. So again, I'm still a little suspicious, but now I had an actual situation that I couldn't deny. Um, So the very next day was a Sunday and I got home and my dad called me and my brother had been ill, but had not been diagnosed. They didn't know exactly what was wrong with him. And so dad called and he said, your brother has lung cancer and there's three tumors in his brain. And, you know, my first statement, which was not a good one, was you've got to be kidding me. And my dad said, why would I kid about something like that? So he was, you know, dead serious. And I was like, oh, my gosh. All right. So he lived um, for about three months, you know, because this had been going on a while, but not diagnosed. They could not do anything for the brain tumors other than some radiation to reduce the size. So he was able to talk, and, but otherwise you know, it, it was terminal. And on the day that he died, because um, I went to the hospital almost every day, uh, but on the day that he actually died, his right foot, his whole right side, um, he had developed lymphedema. And so uh, it was twice the size of his left side. And um, it had turned gangrenous, his right foot had. And he was getting absolutely no relief from morphine. So I remember, now this was three months later after this training, I had done nothing with Reiki. And I thought, well, I have nothing to lose, I will try. And I held my hand, one on either side of this foot and he had no pain. I had blocked the pain and so he could sleep but I couldn't stand there 24 seven you know, and it was terminal. And so um, the hospice nurse, she said, you've never seen anyone die, have you? And I said, No, I haven't. And she said, Well, so she talked to me a little bit. And she and I told her I gave her permission. I said, I do not want him to suffer. In other words, do what you need to do. So I know that she gave him an overdose of morphine because there he was within hours of dying anyways. But that was my wake up call to what reiki and what energy can do so i'm going to fast forward um because i've had i've been a reiki master now for 22 years but i don't do it as a profession i do it quite often as a gift to people that i know are in pain and my husband was dying about three a, well now seven years ago now and um he was in icu And they had called me um, because they had transferred him to ICU. Uh, He had been admitted to the emergency room the night before. And so I get there and the doctor pulls me aside. And he said to me, he says, um, he has pericardial effusion. He has 500 cc's of fluid pressing his heart. And he has an hour and a half to live. Now, I want you to keep that in mind because this is what Reiki can do or what energy can do. So they leave me with him. Because he's got an hour and a half, they wanted to give me privacy. Uh, I am guided, and I know this sounds a little unusual, but I am guided by um, my own spiritual guides, my guardian angels. Uh, They communicate with me on a regular basis, and they basically said, Put your right hand on the top of his head, put your left hand on his heart. Now, again, I haven't done a lot of Reiki at this point, but I'm thinking to myself, why would I want to do that? You know, I mean, he's, he's got an hour and a half to live. But, you know, I follow instructions quite well. And so I did just that. I had my right hand on the top of his head, my left hand on his heart. And then what I do myself is I get very quiet because I know that I'm attached all the way to the 11th chakra, which there's 12 of them and the 12th is divinity. So I'm attached to the 11th and I got very quiet. The monitor behind him showed he had 78% oxygen. It took 30 seconds to go from 78% oxygen to 98%. The doctors came running down the hall. I know they thought that I had given him something. I was still in my same position. And they said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm doing energy work. And they said, well, we don't know what you mean, but we can take him to surgery now and get the fluid off of his heart because they couldn't go to surgery unless he was at 98% oxygen. And so he lived another three and a half years after that. So the people that I've worked on, um, rotator cuffs that don't have to be surgically corrected. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things that, that can happen internally and externally, but you do need to protect yourself as a Reiki, um, energy worker, whether you want to call it Reiki or just energy work, you do really need to protect yourself, Uh, especially um, I wear a green stone that um, is uh, representative of the heart chakra, so that I have somewhat of a bubble of protection around me, because otherwise, it's awfully easy for people that are empaths, intuitives, and energy workers to pull some of that disease if you will or negative energy that's in that person's body into your own body so you do need to be very careful of that but energy work is amazing and if you are connected and you're in those channels of energy it can flow right through you it's not me doing it Mm -hmm. it's actually the energy of the universe that comes through that 11th chakra and just pours right into you. I couldn't have done, I couldn't have taken him from 78% to 98% in 30 seconds. That's Mm -hmm. impossible.
1: Right. That's pretty, uh, that's an awesome, really incredible story. And um, again, for those listening that think, oh, I don't even really understand that, or that's a bunch of hooey. I mean, I thought that many years ago, as I started to be introduced to, But similar to your story, like you had a friend who said, here, would you come to attend this? I had a similar situation where a friend said to me several years back, said, you know, my friend's going to be at the salt room and um, she's going to do some energy clearing. And would you like to come? I was like, I mean, that it was a rough time with my daughter. She was in a treatment center. I was like, I don't know. I could probably (laughs) use some energy clearing. I don't know what that means, but I'll go with you. And. My friend tells me that to this day, she said, I was a little afraid to ask you because I thought that you were kind of religious and I wasn't sure how you'd take it. But I was started to be opened up to this idea of intuition and energy work and the flow of the universe and all that. And so I say to the listeners, if just be open to this because it has provided me, um, you know, healing, intuition, things, even even the um what i heard that day in that energy clearing as she did you know intuitive readings with all of us she mentioned a f- a mother figure and you know just the idea of um being of service to my mom going to visit my mother and things like that and it was just uh-huh. a brief it was brief again, yeah, brief reading of the 10 gals that were there but interestingly enough a month prior, I had been out in Denver at a um, treatment center where my daughter had been at, and it was her birthday. And so I went out for the weekend, and she had um, we had some therapy sessions, and we got a chance to to leave the facility and go to lunch or dinner and spend some time together. And so I said, whatever you want to do, honey. And I don't really know Denver. My brother lives there. So I went and picked him up, and um, she said, well, I'd like to go to this, this shop uh, before we go to lunch. Uh, that you can get some mala beads, like the beads, you know, the beads that you oh, use. mala beads, yeah. yeah, mala beads. And I said, okay, I mean, again, whatever you want to do, honey. So, sure enough, we went there. Well, before you get the mala beads, you talk to the little in the little gal, the little lady, the Indian gal that owns the shop, and she does an astrological reading. You know, reads your chart. And again, I don't even know what she's talking about, but (laughs) I was like, okay, my daughter wants to do this. So she gave her, you know, all the particulars of her birth and her year and all of that. And my brother and I sat down and listened to her get this reading from this gal. And we're looking at each other like, you can't make that stuff up. I mean, it was so spot on with different things in her life and even the year that her struggle started. And so I'm like, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> so <laughs> sure enough, I go and give my numbers and dates and all of that. And she does a reading and, you know, it says lots of different things. Um, and I have it recorded still, even though that was many years ago. Um, and it talks about even po- podcasting and writing and speaking and things like that, which is very affirming for what I do in my work. But she talked about a female figure coming up.
0: Hmm.
1: And well, and I said, "My, you know, is your, mo- and she said, is your mother alive? And I, I said, she is. And she said, just be of service to your mother, you know, go visit your mother. And again, a month later, the same, same thing with another woman with another energy energy thing. And I have to tell you, I, to this day, because that friend at home, the one, the one that I had met, I, she kept talking about my mother. And I said, Do you think, I mean, what, is she going to die? Like, why do I have to visit her so often? I mean, she lives in the next town over, but I don't see her that often. And she said, I just don't think that she's necessarily going to be with you. And I'm doing air quotes, be with you guys a whole lot longer. And I have to tell you, Lucy, since then, she has been diagnosed with Parkinson's and early dementia And she isn't with us as she would be. Oh,
0: okay. And it's
1: still, usually I cry when I tell this story. So I didn't today, but it moved me, has moved me to a point of when I'm with my mother, I'm of service to her. I just, what do you need, mom? I forget about the past. I forget about how judgmental I thought she was and this and that and all the negative stuff. I just am with my mother. And if that's what that intuition, energy and Reiki or whatever you want to call it, I mean, I was so thankful for that. And it made me a believer that there is something to this divine energy that we can either hear it ourselves, right, when we're praying, or Mm -hmm. perhaps you can get those messages from someone else. And it's been a, that was the start of me paying attention, being open like, well, maybe what does that mean exactly? And right. I don't understand it all and all the quantum physics and all that. And yet we don't have to. Again, that's the head stuff, right? It we don't have the to understand it all. But I'm telling you, like I said, usually when I tell that story, it just, it. every time I tell it, it warms my heart.
0: Right. I had a little boy with his, actually I was meeting his mother and she will be a future guest on my show. And um, he came with her because of homeschooling that we do right now. So um, she pulled him over to her lap after we had been talking for a little bit. And she said, I want you to listen to what this lady is going to say. And I didn't know what she wanted me to say at that moment. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but um, he evidently had been having some bad, you know, I don't want to call them night terrors, but he was having some dreams that made him very sad about not being with his mother and dad, you know, forever. So I knew that he had gone to universal or not to universal to animal kingdom. He had been on the avatar ride, which is so super cool. Um, And so I said, okay, I said, when you were on that ride, you knew that you weren't really on a dragon, but you know it felt like you were on a dragon, that you were riding him. And he said, yes. And I said, well, I said, that is kind of what I'm going to talk to you about. I said, we are just lots and lots and lots of energy. We, we bounce around, but we get to be in a virtual body suit. And that's the body that you're in. So what happens is you get to experience life through your five senses, you know, what you hear, what you see, what you smell, what you touch, what you taste. And then when your body is no longer of service to you, maybe you're going to be 150 years old. And he just kind of laughed. And I said, but when it isn't of service to you anymore, your energy is still there. And so when your mom and dad don't need their bodies anymore, their energy will always be around you. You'll be able to be in touch with them, and they will be able to be in touch with you that seemed to satisfy him.
1: I like that a lot.
0: Well, I think it helps kids, you know, because they play these games, you know, the virtual games are everywhere. And they understand that. But if you think that as a soul, you know, that maybe we could experience life without a body, it, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we have to have a body for a period of time and whether it's a short period of time or a very long period of time, our bodies allow us to learn and to experience. And one of the things that I wanted to, you know, share with you is it took me forever to find this for some reason. I mean, I've gone to lots of different organized religions, but in, uh, in, You know, John, um, in the Bible, John, in chapter 14, in verse uh, 12, actually, um, one of the things that uh, Jesus actually says is, greater things than this will you do in my name. And he was, I think, talking about healing, you know, in that particular chapter, he's talking about raising Lazarus from the dead. But we not necessarily are going to raise people from the dead. But we have the ability to heal one another. We really and truly do. We have the ability to heal ourselves by changing our thoughts. And so when we do those things, you know, that's the energy work of, of love, that's the energy work of, of life. And so living a better life quite often is all about changing the thought process so that we can do why we're here. And I know, you know, when I wrote my book, The Adventures of Miss Twigs and Company, I end the book by saying that, you know, the mice are leaving on another adventure and the person that they have been working with, Brian, who's 11 years old, they know. They know that he understands that life is truly all about love. When you learn to do that well, then you've learned why you're here.
1: Beautiful. It's a great, it's a great way to wrap up our our time together. It really is truly, um, you know, it is true what you say. If we can live, if we can live in a place of love, then and positivity, then the energy flows, and you know, we not only feel good about ourselves, but we radiate that energy out to others. And like you said, we can heal mm-hmm. ourselves, and we can heal others around. And on the contrary. Again, yeah, when we let those thoughts that are negative and just continue to fill us up and block us, that's what ends up happening. Is it blocks us, and, right? Right. Um, blocks us from again moving forward and living our best life. And so, what a beautiful way of wrapping up our you know conversation. And yeah, I want, wanted to make sure that you mentioned the children's book that you wrote too, because um, that sounds like a great again a great story of. Of life and love, there too. So, what's the name of that? You
0: said it was Miss. Um, well, they can find it by going to www.miss.miss.t as in Tom, wi as in ice, g as in George, g as in George, s.com. So, it's misstwigs.com. Uh That is the website for the book, and it'll take you right into Amazon. Uh, the person who did the illustrations is the assistant art director for Universal Studios. So he is truly an amazing artist and uh, was able to capture my characters very well. Um, but uh, the, bur- the book came out as an ebook in 2013. And I had uh, s- uh, quite a few people that just said, please, please <laughs> do this as a book I can hold um, because I want to be able to sit with a child and read it. And you really do want to read this with a child, because if they learn how their thoughts create reality, they can change their life early. They don't have to wait to be 20, 30, 40, 50. They can begin to understand that as I think, I create. That's
1: right. Yep. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's great work that you do, Lucy, and I'm glad that you're mostly mostly retired, haven't, you know, <laughs> gone away from uh, just gone into full retirement. I'm glad that we, you know, that that we could connect and I could share this with others and that you continue to share your, your gifts, which you obviously um, have many of them. We know where to find the book. How do we find, um, how do others find you and your podcast? It is that Synergy Connection Show, right, is your podcast.
0: Right. If, if you um, go and put, you know, like a, a podcast app on your phone or something uh, and search for the show, it's Synergy Connection Show. And it is on iHeart. It's on Google. It's on Apple uh, Podcast. And it's on um, uh, Spotify. And uh, certainly I love reviews. So if anybody wants to do a review of the show, that would be awesome. But um, that's the way to find the podcast. They can also go to archive shows. I have, oh, I think maybe 14 pages mm-hmm. of archive shows for two and a half years that are at www.SynergyConnectionRadio.com. And so they can go there. And if they want to contact me personally for anything, um, I return my emails. I'm, I'm very good at that. And so they can reach me at Lucy, L U C Y Forsting, F as in Frank, O-R, S as in Sam, T is in Tom, I-N-G, at gmail.com.
1: Okay, yeah, and I'll put that all in the show notes, too, so that people can link through there. So, um, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, thank you for those connections, and I agree with you. Reviews are wonderful. Um, reviews is really what gets us continued to be noticed and get our message out there. As we wrap up, Lucy, any last words of what you'd like to leave our listeners with? There's been so much great Great content that you've shared with us today as in our conversation. Any last words?
0: I think the only thing that I would want to say is um, you know, learn to go within, learn to contact that heart center rather than the intellect and uh try to approach life from there because living your best life really is about being heart centered. Uh, understanding that love is truly the reason that we're all alive. Uh, we wouldn't be here if there wasn't probably some love spark someplace. And, uh, and that's, you know, what we're supposed to learn is how to love our planet, how to love animals, how to love one another. You know, it's, it's a universal emotion and yet quite often people bury it. Yes. That's
1: wonderful. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you for being here with me today My pleasure. Um, in uh Yes, I really enjoyed it. And I know my listeners have as well and will continue to. So thank you for being here again. Thank you, listeners, for coming back. As Lucy said, if you love this show, please uh, write a review, share this with others, um, tell your friends about it uh, so that we can continue to get this message out uh, about hope, about love, that we're not all alone. Um, We're all connected. And if we lead with love, then we can all live our best lives. We'll talk with you next time. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Share it with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery Podcast Tribe. And do you know somebody who has a story, a story to share, a story of recovery and hope? Please let me know as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk, and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it.